0: And so here we are, we've been talking about this topic of discipleship here uh, this year. And we are at this point in which we are going to talk about becoming a people-focused ministry. Uh, a couple of things here for us to review about what we talked about last week is that we do need to become a people-focused ministry. And this week we'll be discussing about exactly what that is. What is a people-focused ministry? And then we also talked about last week that we need to have a vision. And so what is that vision for us as a church in order for us to create disciples or make disciples within our church? And it says to produce healthy disciples who passionately desire to reproduce themselves and others. And so we have to recognize that discipleship is never completed until you're able to reproduce yourself in another person. And so last week I spoke a little bit about how as a pastor, it is my job... be able to raise pastors from this church if I come here I do my ministry here and I have you know I'm not able to raise any pastors from this church then as a pastor I have failed my duty as given to me by God Himself and so each and every single one of us we have a certain responsibility in the church maybe you are the uh, trustees chair, the SPRC chair, maybe you're the church council chair Whatever position that you hold, it is your responsibility to make sure that there is someone else, someone else that will be able to rise up and take your position. You know, um, in cases in which it is needed. And so we are to reproduce ourselves and other people. That's part of our discipleship. That is part of the vision. And then we said we needed a process, and the process is the five-step process. Here is to win people to Christ, so that they will have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ to build foundational truth of the faith in each and every single one of us, and to discover and understand the tools which is to equip, helping people discover their tools, helping them discover their spiritual gifts that God has given them so that they can serve. And once we are able to um, do that, we will multiply as a church. We will develop uh, mature leaders into our church, and those mature leaders are to be sent out once again, to repeat the process to go out and reach people for Christ. And we said that there's a couple of things that we as United Methodists, we are strong in. We are very strong in sending people out to do work, to reach out to people, especially during times of natural disasters. We are able to send them out, but one of the things that we're very weak at is that we are very weak at evangelism or or winning people for Christ. And in order for the church to grow, it must follow this process because if all we're doing is sending people out, then all we're doing is emptying the pews of our church. And so um, that defeats the whole purpose. If we're not winning anybody, if we're not bringing anybody into the church. And so it is a process, a five-step process of win, build, equip, multiply, and send. And later down, later in this course here, we will um, dive more into details of what this means. And we say, what are the resources? Well, many times we often say the resource is the pastor, right? It's the pastor's job to do all of this. But the scriptures teaches us that it is not only the pastor's job. The pastor's job is simply to come and equip us so that we can go out and do the work ourselves. And so that's the pastor's job pretty much is to teach us. And so what are the resources that we're talking about? The resources is each and every single one of us. As Christians, We are all responsible for making disciples. We are all responsible for uh, reproducing ourselves and other people. And so uh, it's not just the pastor's job, but it is all of our responsibility. And what is the plan? The plan is to continue to observe our church, continue to evaluate what we're doing, continue to identify leaders in our church, continue to train and teach them, and then continue to implement plans, and sometimes when we implement these things, they might not work, and so we have to be, we have to do it all over again and um observe, evaluate, identify, and start training again and So we asked the question, well how long would this take and so we went to visit the Israelites as they were in the wilderness and they were in, they were in the wilderness for forty years and so our answer is that it's going to to take as long as we need, okay. And so hopefully it doesn't take us 40 years like the the Israelites, but it may, right? It may take us 40 years to to grow disciples within our church. But as long as as it takes, this is what we're going to do, is make and reproduce disciples in our church for our Lord Jesus Christ. And so this week we come to focus on this program-focused ministry versus people-focused ministry. What is the difference? That is a question that we will kind of... uh, we will talk about. We the whole purpose of this is to try to get us to kind of think of discipleship in a different way, to think of the programs that we have in the church in a different way. Um, and so we come to see Second Timothy chapter two verse two, and in Second Timothy chapter two verse two it says, "The things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to reliable people." who will also be qualified to teach others. And so, um, as we read the scripture, we understand the context of what Paul is talking about here. It's very important when we read scripture, it's very important, especially every letter that we read in the Bible, it's very important that we understand the context of why the letter was written, and why the words were written. Because in every letter, in every um, letter that's being written out in, in the New Testament, it's always written most of it is written to a specific group for a specific reason to deal with a specific situation and so it's very important for us to understand what Paul is dealing with here here in 2 Timothy and Paul Paul here in 2 Timothy he's, he's arrested in Rome okay he, he has sent Timothy to become the pastor of the church of Ephesus and now he's been and he's been arrested and and he feels he feels that this is the last time for him, that he's not going to be able to to get out of prison anymore. And so it is, in 2 Timothy, he's sending his final words to his disciple, Timothy, the very person that he's been training his whole throughout his whole ministry. And so as he's sending out this letter to young Timothy, and Timothy's church, even in this young church in Ephesus, there were many, many people in that church who started rebelling against Timothy, who started rebelling against Paul. They, they started coming up with different, a different gospel, They started coming up with um, many, many heresies within the church. That was not that, that, that was totally different from what Paul and what Timothy was teaching. The church, and the, so they, they they started attacking Paul. They started attacking Timothy, and so being young, Timothy was a bit concerned with that. And so in the letter, Paul is trying to encourage Timothy to continue in the faith. And so as Paul is in in prison, as he's as he's thinking to himself that he's never going to be able to get out anymore, and and he never did because because he was executed, and as he was thinking about this he was worried about the future of the church with all these these false teachers rising up and teaching a totally different gospel than what paul and the apostles were teaching he was worried about how how the message of the gospel is going to continue on when he is no longer around and he was worried about whether or not young timothy was going to be able to carry this through all the attacks that Timothy was going through in the church. And so in this letter, and so he says, the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. And so he's telling Timothy to hold on on to the the things that Timothy have, have been taught. He's been, he's encouraging Timothy that the message that he's been sharing with Timothy, the things that he's been teaching Timothy, that Timothy is to hold on fast to it. And that Timothy is to pass this message on to others. Okay? That's, that's what he's talking about when he says entrusted to reliable people. Okay, so in order for somebody to be reliable, we need to be able to identify them also. And so he's, he's worried about the future of the church. And so in, with that concern, he's telling Timothy, you need to find people who you can teach. And you need to trust them with this message. And, and so you need to be able to pass this message on to other people. Okay, it, it must not end with you. It must not end with me. It must not end with the disciples, you know, with the disciples. But it must continue on to the next generation. It must continue on to the next group of people, to the next generation of Christians. And so Paul, that's what Paul is talking about here. And so many times when we look at our ministry in the church, one of the challenges that we often face is the idea of controlling the ministry or are we trying to entrust and empower others with the ministry and many times it's in churches we try to control the church for as long as possible without ever letting anybody else get involved in the church right? many churches do that they try to control a position they try to control a committee they try to control the church for as long as possible And many times they they control all the way until they pass away. And it's only then that someone else can be, you know, can get in that position. But many times that's what we do in, in the church that causes us to lose so many people. It's because we just control that church, we just control that ministry for so long. And Paul is teaching us here that it is not about controlling the ministry, it's not about trying to control the church, but it is about us seeking out for reliable people. People who we, who can carry on this message for the next generation. And as we're able to identify those people, that it is our job and our duty to teach them so that we can entrust them with that message. So that they can carry that message forward even when we're no longer here. Okay? And so that's something that, that we really need to think about is entrusting how can we as a church how can we pass this message on how can we pass this church on how can we pass this ministry on to our next generation had about 25 kids up here we we had a lot of kids this morning for the, the monk service and I told them that this is your church you are the leaders of this church 10 20 years from now you're taking over this church one of you is going to become the pastor of this church, and I'll be too old by then to be serving the church. So one of you is going to be the pastor of this church. And they were excited. They were very excited. You know, the, the other day I told, I told Eli that, you know, we're not going to church today. He started crying. He's like, no, I want to go to church. I miss church, right? We want to create an environment in which they want to come to church, where it's fun, where, where, where they want to be here. And then we, we, as, as leaders of this church, as current leaders of this church, we need to think of ways. How can we pass this church on to them as our children? How can we pass this ministry on to them as our, as our children going forward here in the next 10, 15, 20 years? And so it's a, that's what, that's what the whole message is about. That's what Paul was really worried about is, Is there going to be anybody? The first thing is, is there going to be anybody to carry on? But then his whole purpose is, we must find those people. So that we can give that message to them. So that they can continue it, even when we're no longer here. And so when we talk about program-focused ministry, oftentimes the program-focused ministry is simply focused on ministry. Okay? That's all it's focused on. It's simply focused on doing things in the church. It's not focused on developing people. It's just focused on doing things in the church. So we are doing ministry. You know, we have Sunday school, right? That's many times we talk about We have Sunday schools. We have small groups. We have clubs. You know, we have have all these other things that we're doing in the church. And so a lot of times our mentality ends there is that we have things going on in the church. Another mentality with um, program-focused ministry is that, you know what? My students are having a great time when they come to our church. They're having such a great time. They're having fun. Another mentality for program-focused ministry is that our attendance is going to look good on the annual report, right? Every single year, that's what we do, is we have to file an annual report to the conference. And, you know, many times, many times, we, you know, many times when, when we get a lot of people coming to church, man, that, that looks good for us, that looks good for the pastor, that looks good for the church, right? And so many times we're focused on that, our attendance, the numbers, and things, things like that. We say, you know what? We're babysitting, so the parents are going to have a great time. Parents are going to have a great time. They're they're going to be free. They're going to be able to worship in the church. Not only that, the children are under control. Many times, our our uh, our our <laughs> our services for our children simply there. We're just simply there to babysit our children, right? We're simply there just to babysit our children. At my old church, I was I, I got into little you know, some trouble with them because. The elders, the, the elders who are in charge of the Sunday school program, many times we just use use a lot of teenagers to go and watch the kids during worship time. You know, because none of the parents wanted to watch the kids. And so it's a bunch of teenagers, 14, 15-year-old teenagers babysitting the kids. And I said, this is our kids are never going to grow in, our, in their faith if we just have a bunch of teenagers go over there and watch the kids. You know, we really need to put something... In place to really help our children grow. Because these kids, 14, 15-year-olds, they need to grow themselves in the faith. And yet a lot of times we we view the children ministry as just babysitting, as the babysitting, you know, just babysitting the the kids so that the parents can worship, so that the parents can be in the sanctuary. And so the children are under control. But when we think about people-focused ministry, as we shift our mentality to the people-focused ministry, the question becomes a little bit deeper than that. It becomes, do all my students know Christ as Lord and Savior? As they attend my class today and as, as they're done, as they go home, do they know who Jesus Christ is? Do they know Him as Lord and Savior? When they leave today for my class, my Sunday school class, or my youth class, or my small group class, or my even my worship service, will their lives be changed? Will their lives be transformed? Do we have a better understanding of the Word now than we did a year ago? Right? Are we constantly growing? Are we bearing fruits in our church? Are we growing in our faith? Or are we stagnant? Are we still the same? You know, the Word of God is so deep. There's so, much, there's so much to learn about the Word of God. We can read it over and over and over again, but there's just so much in there for us to learn. So much that that applies to our lives it's, it's such a wonderful thing you know and so do we have a better understanding of the word now than we did a year ago? do we understand what a great commission lifestyle means and not only that do we understand what a Christian lifestyle means right do we truly understand that yesterday I was with the, I was with the uh, the women's ministry the caucus women's ministry that's one of the things that I talked to them about is that we oftentimes we have such a small view of our Christian life. We have such a small vision for our Christianity. We have such a small vision for our Christian faith. Our Christian faith really just comes down to going to church for one hour a week. And we think that's Christianity, right? And so we don't want to do anything else. So many people, so many Christians come, they just come to church for one hour a week and they say that's Christianity and for the rest of the week. They go on with their life, they never care, you know, they they don't care about prayer, they don't care about reading the scriptures, they don't read about they don't care about their Christian life anymore. But we have to understand that Christianity is not about that. Christianity is about living out the Christian faith every day in our lives. Okay? Every day in our lives. And and when we come together to worship, it's simply a time for us to come together to celebrate what God has done for us throughout the whole week. Okay. So every time that we come together it's a time of celebration of what the, the grace that God has given to us, you know. It's a time for us to come together to reflect and give testimonies to what God has done for us throughout the entire week. You know, but Christianity is so much more than just Sundays and the Great Commission becomes a lifestyle for us. Making disciples become a lifestyle for us. It becomes a priority for us. It becomes important for us. It's not something that we throw, you know, you know, down the bottom of the list, but something that becomes a passion for us as Jesus Christ says, go out and make disciples of every nation. And so it becomes a lifestyle, something that we, we, that's very important in our lives. And then the question is, are we being transformed to becoming like Christ? There's nothing more important than this is to be transformed to becoming like Christ. Are we ever going to reach you know, are we ever going to become like Christ? Maybe not in this lifetime. Right? There's different theology that that goes into that. But you know, um, we may we may not ever become totally like Christ. But we are always we are always being sanctified. We are always being transformed every single day. And so, is that is that something that that that's happening in our lives? Is it something that we are being transformed? Is it something that we're growing? in our faith and so our goal is always to grow okay we don't want to be stagnant we don't want to be stagnant we always want to grow even you know may, maybe you know maybe you know maybe you haven't read the scriptures or, any, or things like that maybe you will grow to the point in which now you'll spend time reading the scriptures maybe 15-20 minutes a day or so that's Christian growth maybe you don't know how to maybe you don't, you don't you're not comfortable doing a devotion in the church Maybe you'll grow to the point that you can feel comfortable doing that. Maybe you're not comfortable leading a small group yet, but we want you to grow to where you, might, you may become comfortable leading a small group. So there's always constant growth in our lives. Maybe you're not comfortable doing prayer. We want you to grow. We want you to grow to be able to become comfortable doing prayer. Maybe you're not comfortable being up here and leading the entire worship service. Now, I hope that one day, that one day, that somebody can come up here and lead the entire worship service, and I can I can just come up here and preach, right? So, I mean, if we can get to that level, that, that'll be wonderful, okay? We want to be able to grow our church to, to that level where, where we have somebody that, that's comfortable enough that they say, you know what, Pastor? You don't need a word this week. I will come up here and I will lead everything. I'll lead all the prayers. I'll lead the call to worship. I'll do all the hymns, and you just come preach, right? I would love that. I would love that. Some of you might think, "Well, oh, Pastor, are you trying to are you trying to slack off?" No, I'm not trying to slack off. I just <laughs> I just want to see us grow. Okay, when's my birthday? May May what? May six? Yeah, May six. Yeah, so yeah, so I mean. I'm not trying to stack up, but I just want to see us grow, right? So maybe, you know, maybe we we may grow to that point, okay? We might grow to that point. And that's that's the goal of being transformed. That's, a, that's the goal of, of growing and maturing in our faith. And so, and then, then like, like I was uh, telling the SPRC too, and I was telling them, maybe, you know, maybe someday we, we'll get somebody that's comfortable enough to come up here and preach maybe at least once a month or something like that, right? And so that, that gives me more, you know, that that allows me to slack off some more, <laughs> but, you know, at least I'll get someone up here, you know. But that's, the whole point is trying to get us to grow, okay, trying to get us to grow. Instead of just keeping us stagnant, just keeping us sitting in the pews, right, it's trying to get us active in the church and, and get us growing in the church. And so this is what, what people-focused ministry is really focused on, is developing people, getting them to grow, okay. And we can't force people to grow, they have to grow at their own rate. But yet, at the same time, we, we, we have to encourage them to grow. We have to encourage people to grow in their faith. And so program-focused ministry is often focused on carrying out a schedule of activities, okay? Just a schedule of activities. While people-focused ministry is intentionally designed to build healthy disciples capable of reproducing themselves and others, and that's what we want. We want to have that. We want to have, have a, a ministry that's intentionally designed to build healthy disciples, okay? With the goal of them reproducing themselves and other people. And so the two, the two approaches often appear very similar, but the mindset and goals are distinctly different. And so while the program ministry merely carries out a schedule of activities from year to year, from month to month, the people ministry is intentionally designed to build healthy disciples capable of reproducing themselves. And that's what 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2 is talking about. It's us reproducing ourselves and other people identifying ourselves. And so one of the things is that the goal is always to pass on the torch. How can me as a pastor, how can I pass on the, the torch of being a pastor of this church? Who can I pass this torch to? You know, one of our kids, you know, one of our youth. Who among them is going to grow up to pastor this church? I need to pass the torch on to them one of these days. And each and every single one of us, how can we pass this torch on to the next generation? How can we empower the next generation to serve with us? And one of the great things about the United Methodist Church is that it always encourages us to have youth and young people in every single one of our communities. I know that here in our church we have, yet, we have not been able to accomplish that goal yet because of um, our a lot of our uh, young adults and our youth are not as active as, as I would like them to be yet. But uh, that is the goal. I mean, the United Methodist Church, our goal is to include young people and youth in every single one of our ministry, in every single one of our committees, so they know what's going on. So through that, we can train them, and through that, we can um, get them involved and just you know, activate them for the ministry. And so as we look at this, I just, that's just what I want us to um, really focus on this, this week is as we go home to is, how can we pass the torch on to the next generation? How can we empower the next generation? How can we include them in our ministry? And let's pray together. God, we thank you so much for giving us this church. This ministry that you have called us to serve in does not belong to us, it belongs to you. And so through your words, you have encouraged us and you have commanded us that it is our duty to be able to take this ministry and to identify reliable people for the future and to entrust those reliable people with this message and with this ministry. And so I pray that you will give us the heart to be able to do that, but not only that, Father, I also pray that you will give us the resources, that you will rise up, that that, that these people rise up within our church that we'll be able to teach them, we'll be able to reach out to them for the sake of your kingdom, for the sake of your glory. And so we pray in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.